Uh, you may uh, remember, I hope you remember from last week, that we're following a series uh, called Exploring Prayer, uh, designed uh, and written by Archbishop Justin Welby. Uh, so we're going to play each week a, a clip or part of a clip from uh, that course, and then you'll be doing it in your connect groups uh, at home. So today's clip actually is about 12 minutes. We're only going to play three minutes. Let's hear from Justin Welby. Prayer is not polite. It's awed, it's respectful, but it is not polite. So much prayer that we find in the Bible, particularly in the Psalms, is lament, is sorrow, is rage, is protest. Because the world is very, very damaged. A few years ago, I went with my wife to a town in Africa, which was in the middle of a civil war. It had been taken and retaken four times in the previous month. We went up to it in a small single-engined aircraft. And when we landed, there was no one about. It was an airstrip. There were some soldiers in a pickup. And we got into a truck, and we, a couple of trucks, we drove off the airfield. As we drove off the airfield, immediately you could see bodies lying in the ditch, on the roads, in the houses. There were 3,000 unburied bodies, I was told. We went to the cathedral and it was in ruins, had been burned. And the bodies of the clergy and their families were laid out by a huge open pit, which I didn't know I was going to have to do that. They said, please, will you consecrate this grave and we'll put them in there. How do you pray a prayer of consecration by a mass grave with the bodies of women and children and men who've been slaughtered, been violated. Well, you don't say simple, everything's okay prayers. You don't find those in the Bible. In this session, we're going to look at what we say to Jesus when the world has gone wrong. In our own lives, perhaps through our own fault, perhaps not. Perhaps just circumstances where everything just seems to crowd in. It's one of the most normal aspects of prayer in the Bible. It's a normal prayer for Jesus as well. He protests about injustice, about cruelty. He stands up to people. He calls out to God for change. He weeps at the graveside of a friend. Weeping is one very powerful way of praying. In this session, we're going to talk about how we need to be honest with God. Because our hearts are sometimes full of bitterness, full of sorrow, full of disappointment, full of worry. We feel so overwhelmed. I have moments when I go for a a prayer run or a prayer walk. I go for a run and I'm praying as I run. And sometimes everything crowds in so much that I'm brought to a halt by the weight of it all. So in this session we talk about how we are honest with Jesus Christ. 
and say to him, this is not right, or this event has been terrible. We grieve, we lament, we are sorry that this has happened. Where is justice? Where are you? So there we are, just a short uh, opening from Justin Welby. But this is us getting real, real with God. And prayer is, as we said last week, it's a conversation. And in our conversations, we're not always polite. And we really need to shake someone sometimes for them to wake up. And this is us getting real with God. Uh, and uh, there are uh, lots of psalms, are laments, and so we're going to hear one of them uh, now, Psalm 56. Christine, would you come and read that to us? Be merciful to me, my God, for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? All day long they twist my words. All their schemes are for my ruin. They conspire, they lurk, they watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. Record my misery. List my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this, I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise. In the Lord, whose word I praise. In God I trust, and I'm not afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thank offerings to you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. This is the word of the Lord. Well, Jesus, as we come to your word now, we ask that you would open our eyes afresh, our hearts to feel our minds to understand your love for us. Amen. When we become believers in God, we have God on our side. Thank goodness all our woes are over. Phew. We suddenly have an easy life. If only. We saw last week that prayer is a vital point of communication between us and God. It's the means by which we can begin a relationship, but also develop a relationship. Because we found that we don't just live in the real world, we live in a spiritual world as well. We looked at Romans 8. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. 
So as spiritual people, believers in God, we live, we breathe, we have our being in God, and so God is on our side. So in those difficult times, is God letting us down? But is that our experience day by day? Is everything hunky-dory? Everything's fine. Life is a breeze. Now I did think, uh, and we quite like interviewing people in this church and just getting a a flavour of your daily life as well as mine. But I thought perhaps today that would be a bit raw. And I don't want to put anyone into a sort of public spotlight uh, when it's an emotional thing that we're talking about. I think that's probably better to do in your groups. But that is not to say that things are easy for people in this church. I've spoken to a number of you over the last few weeks and I know that life is not easy. Things are not going according to plan. There are some days when you probably just don't want to get out of bed. Days when you wonder what you've done to deserve it. Days when, frankly, you stand back before God and you just say, Why? Why is this happening? Why me? I thought you were on my side. And there are many, many Psalms. I just happened to choose Psalm 56, but there are many that we can put in that category of lament. And a lament really is an expression. It's it's an expression of grief or sorrow. Uh, It's usually because you're being unfairly accused or perhaps you've done something wrong uh, yourself and you're being penitent about it. And they follow a pattern. There's a general introduction. There's the main body of the lament, what you're lamenting about. Then there's a, a turning to acknowledge that actually God is there all the time and then the final conclusion, I will trust in God. That's the sort of general pattern that these psalms uh, or those laments take. Psalm 56 is actually a little bit different. It's similar, obviously, but it's different. It's both individual, but it's also corporate. And that thanksgiving is interspersed throughout the psalm. But the pattern of the psalm uh, and the lament actually is not really relevant to us today. What I just wanted to put across is the raw honesty of the person writing. I love that word visceral. It's onomatopoeic. It feels as it sounds. It's visceral. It's really getting to grips. It's down to the nitty gritty. You're down in the dirt here. And in this case, David is thought to have been captured by the Philistines and there are people baying for his blood. They blame him day by day for their predicament. They rebuke him. They probably want to kill him. And yet we see his trust is in God. And I wonder how often we feel the same, we've made a mistake we have that sense of shame upon us and we want to confess our wrongdoing, we want to seek the constancy of the love of God in our hearts once again or perhaps we're in a 
position in life where we feel, frankly, we're just hard done by. It is just not fair. Why is this happening to what to me? And we want to, we want to rail against God. Why is this going on? But we feel at the same time that somehow we might be letting God down if we feel like that. God is great, God is all-powerful, God is wonderful and loving. I can't possibly say to him, you're getting this wrong. But the Psalms are saying to us, it's okay. That is what God wants us to do. That is what God wants us to say. He wants us to be real. God wants to hear what is on our hearts and minds. He wants us to be honest. Because it's only once we are honest that there can be an opportunity for healing or understanding. I remember one occasion uh, for myself. I was um, I was fishing actually. Uh, I'd it was up in the Peak District. It was a reservoir, so it was sort of a couple of hundred acres of water. And there I was on my own in a boat. The wind was howling. I was catching nothing. No surprise there. And I shouted as loud as I possibly could, why are you doing this to me? Why are you letting this happen? Trouble is, of course, it was my fault. And I somehow wanted God to intervene and stop me from being an idiot. And things got worse before they got better. But for me, I wanted to engage with God and I shouted. And I suspect it was from fear. Fear of the consequences. Fear of the shame. Fear of the rejection. Fear of the rebuke. Fear of the damage that I was doing. Have you ever felt the same? And then there's so much going on in our mind that we're paralysed by fear. I get that most mornings when I'm looking at my desk, actually. There's so much on it, I push it on one side and do something completely different. Which, of course, makes the problem worse because that's still there to be done. The outcome, of course, is that we have to engage. And until we engage, nothing will happen. And the beauty of lament, the beauty of prayer, is that we engage with God. We're getting real with God. We're getting in the dirt with God. And you can sense that in this psalm. Be merciful. I am afraid. All day long they twist my words. They're plotting to harm me. They conspire. They're lurking. They're watching my steps. They're threatening my life. This is a person in deep concern. And then, as Justin Welby rather beautifully put it, the tears flow. Tears, I think, are a wonderful way of personal protection. 
I use it often at funerals uh, when people uh, apologise to me for their tears. And so very often at the beginning of a funeral I'll say, it's okay to cry. This is a place, this is a safe place to cry. Because tears are coming from a place of love. I'm hurting. I want to be loved. You are hurting. I love you. And we cry, and as we cry, we release our emotion. And as we release our emotion, we understand. We're getting real. We admit to the situation. We seek solace. We're strengthened by God. Tears are good. It shows a a real depth of concern. A real depth of longing, either that we might change, you might be in a different position, our world might be in a different place, attitudes in the world might change. And when we care about something, that, that whole relationship rebalances. We become more humble, we're no longer in control, we're no longer in charge, we're seeking a better outcome for the good of other people. That's the lament. That's the grief and the sorrow for what we are in, what we see and what we experience, but what we want to be different because we want God in the midst of it. You know, I've been looking forward to um, the lighter days, the warmer days, and I can get my sailing boat out again. And I was thinking about that the other night when I couldn't sleep. And it occurs to me that when the winds blow, the boat wants to throw me in. But of course it doesn't, does it? Because it's got a keel on it. And the keel fights. As the wind is pushing that way, so the keel is pushing the water up and keeping the boat upright. And of course, which side of the boat am I going to sit? Am I going to sit on the one that's going underwater? No, I I sit on the dry side, generally to try and keep the boat upright. I'm clinging to the keel. The one thing that's going to keep my head above water, I'm clinging to it. And that's why I did that little experiment with the kids. When the wind blows and it wants to blow us over or blow us off course, or the storms of life come and hit you, you cling to something. As children we cling to our parents. As Christians, we cling to the ballast in our life. And the ballast in our life is God. And we cling to God. That's what prayer is, this type of prayer. It's a lament, it's a groan, it's a plea for help. Seeking God's path for our life that we might cling on to God all the time. And as we read this psalm, and as many have experienced in their own life, there is then a peace and a strength which comes from that leaning, that clinging onto God. And we notice that repetition, actually, as I said, it's throughout this, in God I trust, in God whose word I praise. Again in verse 10, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, the word of God. And as we know, having just come through uh, Christmas, the Word was God, the Word is God. 
Life is not easy. No, indeed, Jesus knew that. And so Jesus prayed. And whenever you don't know how to pray or don't know what to pray, look at John 17. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying actually for us. I will remain in the world no longer, he says, but they, us, are still in the world. I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. It goes on a bit later. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So even Jesus lamenting, grieving, not grieving for himself actually, grieving for us, that he would no longer be there with us by our side, but promising that God would always be there. That is earnest prayer. That's pleading prayer. Even when we don't understand or appreciate for ourselves what God is doing, that we might cling to the keel, cling to the ballast in our life, God, that our head would still be above water because we cling to the name of Jesus Christ. So this week, let's not flinch from this type of lamenting. Let's practice shouting possibly in the privacy of your own home. Possibly on Wanish Common, if you feel that way inclined, but possibly start in your own home. Lamenting. Sharing your sorrow, sharing your desires, your longing with God. And asking God to be real with you and show you where to go next. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you that you just want to listen. We thank you that as we shout and rail, you're there. You're weeping with us. We thank you that you're there and we pray that you would walk with us this day and throughout this coming week. In your holy name. Amen.